brother is the uh, the mustache ready? Ready as I'll ever be. Roger. All right. Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. Mic check. The one two. Brother, shall we? Let's do it. And we're live in five, four, three, two, one. Top of the morning, folks. Good afternoon and good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Ham Planet Podcast. I'm your host, Peter Ham, and I can guarantee you one thing today. We're going to have a damn good time. As always, I know your time is valuable, and I appreciate you spending it with me. So in return, I guarantee to provide some value to you in this episode. Maybe you'll learn something new. Maybe you'll laugh a little bit. Who knows? But value's coming your way. And what's the source of that value, you may ask? It is a very special guest. Today, we have the honor of having a United States Marine officer on the podcast. He is born and raised in the heart of the Texas Hill Country of good old Hunt, Texas. He comes from Roddy Tree Ranch, and currently, he's across the vast Pacific Ocean out in Japan. We have... Executive Officer Cody Eugene Asbury. Hell of a guy, hell of a dad, and most importantly, hell of a friend. Cody, how are we doing, Chief? Peter, thanks for having me on. Couldn't be uh, couldn't be doing better. Couldn't be doing better. Could could be doing better. Currently, what about when we were in college? Yeah, that was. That would be better, actually, since I'm not allowed to leave my room right now. So, currently in quarantine, got 10 days they, left. They got you on lockdown in Japan? Yep. So, uh, apparently, whenever you, uh, you come into the country, you got to be in quarantine for, for two weeks. So, getting, like, food delivered to me, working out in my room. Yeah. yeah. You got any weights time. or you got any weights? No, no weights, just push-ups. I got a couple of bands, sit-ups, so. The fundamental, the stuff Herschel Walker got huge off of. Oh, yeah. Steroids? I, you know, I don't know what Herschel Walker did. <laughs> Maybe he didn't do steroids, but, hey, whatever the hell he did definitely worked because the guy's still a unit. Yeah, none, none of that. If I if I look like that when I'm 50, I'll be, I'll be impressed with myself. But, no, just got a couple of bands. I think push-ups and sit-ups, but so brother, let's uh, give it. Why are you out in Japan? Where are you in Japan? What are you doing out there? Give us a little, so, uh, give us a little background rundown. Yeah, sure. So currently, I'm deployed in, in support of the 31st MU. Uh, that stands for Marine Expeditionary Unit. It's a six-month rotational deployment between infantry units. Um, deployed to You're Okinawa. Out. What's that? There for six months. There for six months. Uh, then we'll we'll uh, do a relief in place with another with another infantry battalion, uh, and they'll stay for another six months. So essentially, what it is, 
is uh, ever since World War II, the United States military has maintained a presence on the island of Okinawa, which is a couple hundred miles south of the Japanese mainland. Maintained a presence there. Uh, have a couple of military bases here, a couple of air bases. Um, and basically, we partner with the Japanese forces uh, in, in, in terms of like providing security, not only to Japan, but as a quick, uh, quick re reaction force for you know, the greater Indo-Pacific area. Okay, so y'all are y'all are running shit out there. We're uh, we're doing some training. We're doing some uh, cross training with some Japanese forces. Uh, we'll be getting on ship, uh, floating around. Can't tell you where, but floating around somewhere in the Pacific. Um, and then you know, responding to any any crises that might pop up, whether that be you know embassy reinforcement, whether that's you know uh, humanitarian assistance. You know, say if there's a typhoon or cyclone that you know you know, fucks up Japan or the, the Philippines or something, we're able to come in and provide resources and manpower to help them out. Uh, so historically, that's been been huge for the 31st Mu, just providing that humanitarian assistance. But also, if anything does uh, happen and requires, you know, boots on the ground, that we're, we're within shouting distance to uh, provide support. Yeah, absolutely. Well, brother, you heard it from me many times, but I'll say it again. I'm thankful that guys like yourself are defending our country. I appreciate because, that, brother. Because nothing gives me more confidence knowing that I got Lieutenant Asbury ready to defend our freedom. I love that, brother. It's, uh, yeah, we got, you Especially know. with that mustache, I mean. Yeah, I had to get, I had to get started right. early. Got a little thing called the deployment stash. Uh, you know, we're not allowed to do much in the in the military in terms of, you know, your haircut or, you know, even tattoos in the Marine Corps. So, you know, the one way a Marine can express himself, especially on a deployment, to grow out the old dirty mustache, you know. Well, it looks good. I remember when I remember back in the Baylor days when you try to grow that thing out and it looked like a anorexic caterpillar. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes me a while. So, like, I refer to it as a deployment stash, you know. You're supposed to start it on deployment. I, I had a, about a, a three-week, four-week head start because if I would have yeah. started when I got here, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have looked right. So, uh, I, had a, I had a little head start. It takes a little while. Got to let it grow on into its, uh, until its full length. But, uh, yeah, I agree. It's, it's turned out pretty good. It's strong, brother. It's strong. Well, brother, for the audience, um, you know, our Baylor boys and our Baylor rugby friends and alumni and former teammates, you know, know us pretty well. But we'll go ahead and fill the other crew in. So Cody and I, we met back in the fall of 2013. I was – an 18-year-old, fresh-faced, core military academy cadet who was fired up to be in college and, and was also very fired up to play on the Baylor rugby team because, you know, to this day, rugby's my passion. And definitely at that time, it was something that burned bright within my heart. 
and still does. And um, so, yeah, Cody, Cody had recently joined the rugby team, I, I think the year before, right? No, no, I, I joined let's see, your fall. Year. Yeah, that was technically my junior year. I did a little half victory lap. Um, so, yeah, that was my junior year. I joined my freshman year. You know, I was going to try to get I, – I didn't – I played two games of football, you know, of any sort of contact sport in high school. Uh, I didn't really like football that much. I was really more of a basketball player. Loved playing soccer. Um, so, I had originally decided did you play, to – Do you play uh, high school soccer? Uh, our team didn't have a high school team, so I played for a club team out in town. But, yeah, yeah, I played I played soccer until my senior year in high school. Um, so I originally, you know, looked up – I had no idea what the fuck rugby was. I looked up the, the Baylor men's yeah, club soccer don't. team. Yeah, so I looked up – Baylor actually doesn't – they don't have a, a Division One soccer team. They have a club soccer team for the men's. They have a, a Division One team for the women's, but not the men's. So and I, I was actually initially That's wanting to say, wow. Uh, yeah, I agree. It's the whole Title IX thing. You know, you have to have equal scholarships. And since football takes up like 60 scholarships, you got to even it out somewhere. So, to me, I don't really care that there's not a men's – since there's not a men's soccer team, I don't really care. But um, I don't think many people would support it. But anyways, I was going to go out for the, the, the men's club team and their, uh, their tryouts were on a, on a Monday, I believe. Oh. And, and then I went out with my buddy – uh, I can still remember his name, Wade. He's from Louisiana. Super fast dude. Uh, went out with him Saturday night. I wasn't drinking at that point, so I was designated driver. He didn't have a car. And uh, he asked me that Saturday night if I would drive him to rugby tryouts that Sunday morning. Because they, they had they practiced Tuesday, Thursday, but that year they had tryouts on a Sunday before school started. Sunday morning. Sunday morning. Woo! I hadn't drank, so I, I was feeling fine. I got my truck, drove him out to the rugby pitch, um, got out there. I had my soccer cleats in the car because I was like, hey, this would be a good time for me to you know, bring the soccer ball. Maybe I can go to a field next to it, practice kicking around, practice my handling, all that kind of stuff. Um, took him there, and the first person I, I talked to when I got there was none other than the captain, Stormy Weiss. Uh, obviously didn't know who he was or the legend of Stormy at the time. We love uh, Stormy. Stormy, if you're listening, we love you. Love you, Stormy. Miss you, man. You're going to be a hell of a doctor. He basically told me that I didn't have a choice and I was going to have to try out. And tried out, loved it. Actually didn't make it to soccer tryouts the next Monday morning. And uh, rest is history. Two years later, fall of 2013, in, in steps PD Ham. Oh, brother. Yeah. So, and actually, I was – yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, funny story is the first time I'd actually heard about you, it wasn't oh. when I met you because that summer we were, trying to, we were trying to step up the whole Baylor rugby kind of culture and, you know, we kind of had a culture of, of drinking and losing. It's really what we had. And, uh, you know. You can't be drinking if you're losing. No, we had a lot of guys that were fine with that. Um we typically we we would field like, you know, fifteen to twenty guys. And if you if you watch rugby, you know, you play with fifteen people on the field, and you need at least twenty two because you you need subs when it gets into this you know sixty seventieth minute. People so, people go out. People people get, get injured. Your your big boys get tired. Your little boys get tired. 
you know. So that summer, we actually had a meeting. All the all the people on Baylor Rugby, so the president, vice president, I was the treasurer at the time, so I was there. Uh, had a meeting with the coach, the alumni association, so on and so forth. And uh, Pete, your name actually got brought up. It was like, oh, like Pete Ham, you know, we got this recruit coming in. And there was like an argument between the Ford's coach, which was our head coach, which was uh, Nick Lane, and uh, and Coach Neff, Josh Neff, our backs coach at the time, uh, were having a little argument like, oh, yeah, he's going to play eight-man. He's going to be one of the big boys. And Josh was like, no, we need him at inside center. Like, uh, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And Nick was like, oh, he can't pass. Like, but <laughs> saying all this stuff. And so I'm sitting in this meeting like, damn, like this freshman coming in. Like, Pete Ham thinks he's hot shit. He's never played college ball before. Uh, and then I remembered, yeah, then putting that kind of name to the face uh, when, I, when I first met you that fall was uh, pretty interesting. Hopefully interesting in a good way, brother. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, of course, good way. So, I mean, yeah, it was, it was fall 2013 when we met, and I – I think we hung out after one of the first rugby practices. And then, or I think we kind of, sh- we were shooting the breeze a little bit. And they were like, let's go work out together. We should get, we should, let's go get school together. And then I remember it was. I know where this is going. It was, it was that first Wednesday. It was that first Wednesday of the first week of school. And. I was in Penland dorm at Baylor. If you if if you know Baylor and you know Penland, shout out Penland. Shout, shout out Brooks. Uh, sure. Sure. Yeah, it's it's on the Baylor campus. It is. And and uh, Cody came zooming up in his truck, honking the horn, like all hell broke loose, and I um. Sprinted out of the dorm, fired up. You know, I'm working out with one of the old guys on the team, one of the vets. So I had to bring my A game. I'm not gonna lie, I was I was kind of like, you know, this guy's been playing rugby for a while. I gotta I gotta get intense. I gotta show him that I'm I'm about it. I'm the real deal. And um, so we're in the car. We're we're slamming pre workout. We're we're blasting some. Five finger death punch, getting just fired up, and went in. Started having a great workout, fantastic workout, and then the old pull ups came pull into up, play. Yep, the old pull up bar. The old pull up bar. <laughs> which at the time, at the time, I I could actually do maybe I could actually do more pull ups than I can do now, but I'm also about 50, 60 pounds heavier. Yeah, and brother Cody, hell of an athlete, but he couldn't bang out that many pull-ups. I think I did three. If if, yeah. if that, if that three, three sloppy ones. Yeah, and my back was aching. Back was aching, but you know what? The goal. I remember the goal of our set was, hey, we're gonna. Do as many as we can, and we're going to failure. And we'd already completely demolished back. So yeah, still mad respect for even getting a few in. 
I think what's and, so funny uh, about uh yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean I'm just saying that's that's really when our bond came to life. And now it still goes strong seven years later, which is a beautiful thing. I think, yeah, I think working out with you that first time um, really stuck in my memory because, you know, here you are, you're younger than me, you know, but obviously you were you know, more progressed um, and you, you know, you go work out with someone who, who lifts more than you or can run faster than you or whatever. A lot of times you can kind of get down on yourselves and be like, well, fuck, you know, this guy's, you know, two, three years younger than me and he's lifting more. Um, but you, you, you provided that like mindset to me, especially when I was, you know, struggling on that pull-up bar of like, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, how many you can do oh, right yeah. now. You know, we're, we're working towards the future. Just go to failure, go to failure, go to failure. Um, which is funny because, you know, three pull-ups I think is the minimum in the Marine Corps to even get considered to be a recruit, um, which maximum now is 23. And uh, they put you know, a maximum? Ever since, Maximum for maximum score is 23 pull-ups dead hang. Oh, that means it's, no like, it's like, you don't need to do any more if you can do 23. Yeah. If you get 23 dead like hang pull-ups. Yep. Um, and ever, ever since I joined the, the Marine Corps, I've, I've never failed to reach the maximum on pull-ups. So ever since that day, uh, it's very humbling. Um, but I kind of made a note to myself, like, Hey, like I'm, I'm not going to be that dude. Who, who just quits because he, he can only get two two pull-ups in. Absolutely, brother. And, I mean, you know, that's that's just the philosophy that I've always lived by is that, you know, in any, anything you do, especially physically, you go to a failure or you go, you go to the threshold where you know that you're pushing yourself or you know you're doing something that you've never done before. Right. And when you're in that, when you're in that area or that threshold of doing something you've never done before, which working out is the best place to do that. And it relates to life that, that is what breeds growth. That is what breeds mental growth. That's what breeds physical growth, obviously. And I'm all about it, brother. And I'm, I'm glad it's not a, mentality i just showed you but it's one we share and i think you know i think uh you know it's summed up well more uh, you know if you if you know me and pete we're we're big fans of you know the governor arnold schwarzenegger and uh, uh, old arnold but uh, i'm paraphrasing one of his quotes but you know he said like you know perfect physique it can't be bought you know it can't be you know bargained with it, it's it's like the supreme, you know, symbol of, of status and shows what your work ethic is at. Because a lot of people, you can, you can fake, you, know, you, you can fake the funk when it comes to knowledge. You can fake the funk when it comes to, you know, a lot of things, your finances, whatever. But when it comes yep. to your, your body, you know, what you see is what you get. And yeah, there's, yep. you know, supplements out there, but, you know, at the end of the day, you still have to put in the work in order to, uh, to you know, perfect your, your figure, so. I think that's, uh, you know, when Absolutely. I first met you that, that first time we worked out, you know, I saw that work ethic in you and it was honestly, you know, looked up to you in terms of uh, wanting to, to kind of reach Oh, that. brother, you're making me blush. Oh. <laughs> but no, for real, you know, you, you were younger than me, but, it, you know, you had this work ethic about you 
where a lot of times, you know, I didn't want to go to the gym where I didn't want to, you know, do X, Y, or Z. And you kind of forced me to, and you, you really wouldn't take no for an answer. You know, that's how I first knew that you were such a good salesman is that you would, would never <laughs> take no for an answer, which, you know, I found ways around that with my whole push up, pull up regime, you know, that I yeah. would do, but, uh, you know, definitely well, brother, was a start I, I... of a, was a start of a good friendship from, from that moment forward. It was sort of a damn good friendship and a friendship that's honestly more rewarding each and every day. And I'm, I'm hyped to, uh, to see where it continues to take us because we all, or me and you, and me and you just, we get along. We both see eye to eye on a lot of shit. And we just want to be the best men we can be. No, no other way around it. We know we're not perfect. God knows we're not perfect. But we, we have that mentality, which is, which is sick. It is but, sick. I agree. <laughs> but, brother, something definitely I want to bring up. So, oh. Cody grew up in Hunt, Texas. And if you guys... Don't know where that is, which you probably don't. That is in the, the hill country outside, uh, east, wait, west. West of San Antonio. And Cody grew up on, or his home is called Roddy Tree Ranch, where he grew up. And it's, uh, it's a pretty awesome place. And I know there's some history behind it, Cody. Just let's fill let's fill the people in on Roddy Tree Ranch, what what it is, what all you can do there. Who knows? Maybe someone who's listening to the podcast might want to go rent a cabin. God yeah, knows I sure. want to rent a cabin. Hopefully, I get a <laughs> yeah. uh, Roddy Tree discount. Yeah, well, maybe talk to talk to old man Roddy. But uh, so Roddy Tree, I've lived there since I was four years old. I was born in Austin. Uh, and I, uh, originally there was a, there was never a Roddy tree ranch, obviously. Um, and the, the name actually, I'll go back to the name of it. So the name of it, my grandma on my mom's side, her maiden name is Roddy. So, uh, her, her dad was Ray Roddy and he owned a little place in hunt for a summer vacation home. Uh, that was about four miles away from where the actual Roddy tree ranch stands today. Uh, and there was a giant tree that was in the front yard of his, of his house, of his vacation house that uh, my grandma and my, my mom would go and vacation to, you know, sometimes in the summer. And it kind of became like this meeting point for, for people, um, for their friends and family. So they'd say, you know, Hey, we're big having Texas a tree. Yeah. Big Texas tree, big old Oak, Spanish Oak, you know, Hey, this is Hey, we're meeting at 6 PM or meeting at five. Hey, meet by the Roddy tree meet, you know, it just became known as like the Roddy tree. And if you wanted to meet up with my, with my family, that's where you meet up with them. So this is like this, what, what year, what year oh, range, back I in guess? The, like the fifties and sixties, I would say. Oh, hell yeah. So, Glory days. you know, it just became uh, kind of synonymous with, with good times, friendship, family, just good all around love and love and happiness. And uh, fast forward to the you know early nineties, my brother, Jake pops out. Uh, my mom, I pop out two years later. 
three years after that, we, you know, finding a place to move to and hunt, they find the property. Of course, it's got this giant, gorgeous Spanish oak tree, which is now uh, deceased, unfortunately, rest in peace. But, uh, Lived a good life as a tree. Lived lived a great life, but uh, they found this you know this this great this great property, fifty acres, um, had a pond on it, swimming pool, and uh, with with help from my from my grandpa, my parents, um, you know, in conjunction with my grandpa, paid for it, and kind of turned it into like a, a bed and breakfast of sorts. So, long story short, they ended up building about seventeen cabins on it. There are some cabins that were there before, um, and they just rent. They rent out the cabins, summertime, fall, spring, winter, anytime. Um, rent them out to people from out in the city or around around Texas or out of state, just to come out, kind of hang out, relax, and just kind of, you know, take work and you know, all the stress from their life. Just try to help them kind of melt it away, just be able to relax and be with their friends and family, um, in a place that's just holistic and very nurturing and, and loving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, really, really couldn't put, describe it in a better way. And those who have been to Roddy Tree Ranch know that that's exactly what it's all about. And those who haven't been, I highly encourage you to go give it a visit. It's out in Hunt, Texas. RoddyTreeRanch.com. Hashtag RoddyTreeRanch.com. Yeah. Forward slash get huge is that forward slash make money are is are those actual no, 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 no. I, well they could be could make could make them after this get get 10 percent off go to those hyperlinks so just to uh just so you have roddy tree ranch i love roddy tree ranch and it's one of my favorite places in texas it's one of it is it's my favorite escape I would say I would say that's a great every time I go there whether whether it's been just me or I've gone with you it's just just so freeing and it's a special place and I luckily have the good old Roddy Tree Ranch description right here so I'm going to go ahead and read it Lazy days and starry nights Welcome to Texas Hill Country. Our unique Hill Country Resort features one-of-a-kind Texas Hill Country vacation rentals. Cabins and cottages nestled among some of the most beautiful scenery in Texas. Our Hill Country getaway is located in the heart of the Texas Hill Country along the tranquil Guadalupe River between Ingram and Hunt, Texas. At Roddy Tree Ranch, you will find our hill country cabins sporting a retro ambiance that, although rustic, has many elegant and shabby sheep touches for your comfort. And whether you prefer an active or peaceful family vacation experience, with or without music and entertainment, it is yours for the choosing. Each of our hill country cottages and cabins are unique and completely different from each other. They all vary from one to six bedrooms in size, have kitchens that accommodate one to 12 people, and all are individually furnished with wrought iron beds, primitive antiques, and retro chic with your comfort in mind. We provide you with just the right amount of comfort and a dash of elegance here and there in a unique way 
that you'll remember forever. God, did, you write that? did you write that, Pete? You know, I don't think I did, but it, so- it's, it sounds like a Peter Ham. I did make uh, production. A, a good Roddy Tree Ranch video for you guys. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Well, the good thing about that, I'll, I'll get into the little backstory around that. So I made a video just basically captivating what Roddy Tree Ranch is, showing off the cabin, showing off the ponds and just, you know, the basketball courts, the pools, the whole nine yards, the 10 or 12 cabins, showing off the place. And that was back in 2018. And the reason why it was very impactful was because so I left Sewell Cadillac. I knew I, wa- I knew I wanted to do something else. And I knew I wanted to, I knew that being a, car, being a car salesman definitely had its perks and definitely taught me a lot of lessons professionally. But I wanted to truly be in a career that was a win-win type of job where you do work that is rewarding and the people you're doing the work for are extremely happy. There's a lot of careers you can do that, but I came to the conclusion that I wanted to get into marketing. And, and uh, I knew that there were so many great businesses in Texas that needed a, a stronger uh, marketing presence. So Roddy Tree Ranch was one of my very first clients for Unify. And, um, you know, Keith, Keith and Gretchen really welcomed me with open arms. I told them about my ideas that I had and went out and stayed there for three days, hung out with Jake, had (laughs) all types of equipment and made some awesome time lapses and films just as much of the beautiful scenery I could. And, you know, it turned out really good. And I still watch that video all the time. And most importantly, I learned a ton for making that, making that uh, video and, you know, working with Roddy Tree as a client. So love, love, love Roddy Tree. If you, Roddy if you haven't, if, if you haven't got the memo, if you haven't got the memo by now, if you're not booking a cabin, you're making a mistake. But let's go ahead and bounce around to another topic. Um, All right. Brother Cody, so if I know one thing, it's that you love Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, yeah. And I know you love history, too. But let's dive in. Why do you love Teddy Roosevelt? You're probably you're probably going to teach me something that I don't know about him, but I know he was a hell of a guy, and I know that he did a lot of great things for our country. So one thing that I really like about old Theodore Roosevelt, um, his whole life, I mean, he grew up very rich. So, you know, he his dad was super rich. His dad was a philanthropist uh, in New York City, so he was very wealthy, but he gave a lot to the community. Um and it kind of instilled in him at a young age that 
you know, giving back and working for others is, is, you know, is what life is all about. You know, if you have, if you have more than you can eat, you know, you should be giving, you know, what you have in excess to someone less fortunate. Right. Absolutely. Um, and he could have, you know, ridden the coattails of his father and, you know, lived a, a life of extravagance and wealth and, and, you know, security and peace in, in New York and, you know, gone down in history as a, a very rich philanthropist like his father. Um, but he, yeah. he wanted to do more. He wanted to, you know, reach out and, um, and, and do more for his country. Um, he so, wanted to, he wanted to do more than give. He wanted to get involved. Right. And I, I just love how, uh, you know, how well-rounded he is in terms of, you know, he obviously, um, you know, had his, had his rough riders. He was in the army, you know, he was a fighting man. Um, but he, he knew when to fight and he knew when to, you know, to be diplomatic. He knew, you know, when you had to carry your big stick and when you had to, you know, when you had to use it, he, he was very good at bringing the country together in terms of kind of unifying, you know, something that everyone in the country can get behind. So, um, he wasn't doing anything ever for his own profit or gain, which is something you don't really see much with politicians nowadays on both sides of the aisles. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it was just total Renaissance man, one of a kind. Um, there hasn't been anyone like him since, you know, like I said, he was a warrior. He was a poet. He was an intellectual. He was also a very simple man that, you know, would rather be, you know, living in, you know, sleeping on a saddle in Montana than, you know, bumping elbows with the high class in New York city, but he was comfortable doing both. And, you know, he really overcame a lot of odds, a lot of sickness in his childhood to um, become the leader of the free world and to, to do it, you know, I mean, there's just, there's tons of stories. If you don't know much about Theodore Roosevelt, you know, besides, you know, him being president and him, you know, revamping the, the, the park system within the United States, which was, was huge. He was into conservation and ensuring, massive. and ensuring endangered species got protected. And, you know, I mean, I, I really think he did more for this country in, in terms of securing the future of this country than, than any president ever has. And he did so, uh, you know, while, while unifying and bringing the country together. together. And he was... He was uh, president around the time of the Great Depression, right? Or right after? No, way, way before. So, uh, turn of the turn of the twentieth century. Um, he was president, and then he actually tried. Then he actually tried to run for a third term uh, because back then it wasn't uh, wasn't illegal to do so. But so I think it was around the you know nineteen hundred, I think nineteen hundred to like nineteen oh eight time frame. So before World War One, before the Great Depression. Um, what a time, when, you know, back when, you know, really, because at that time, you know, it'd been 30 years since the civil war, um, enough cars yet, or we're just now getting cars, just, just now getting them, but you know, it's still kind of a wild west, you know, it's kind of this, this period between, and I, I think that's a good example of what kind of person he was. He was definitely a link between the modern man and the, the, you know, wild west cowboy of, of old. You know, it's kind of like, kind of this blend of like, 
a gentleman, you know, but also someone who could, you know, get on a saddle and go take care of business. And I just find that so attractive and so, um, so empowering. That gets me high. Yeah, it's, it, it's really, it's really cool. Um, there's a lot of really good books about him, a lot of good biographies, um, that chronicle his early life, middle life, afterlife, um, or after Congress, after presidency. Um, you should definitely go check them out. I definitely will. And everyone else, you should too. Roosevelt, hell of a guy, hell of a president. Oh, yeah. Um, he also, uh, he once got, uh, there's a lot of anecdotes about him. He once got shot and gave the speech afterwards. Like, gave an hour-long speech after getting shot. shot by I'm, I'm dead serious. Look it up. It sounds sounds crazy. Um, but literally. What a, what a man. What a man. Literally got shot in the chest. They took down the perpetrator, got him away. He continued to got up on the podium, pulled a speech out of his pocket, and gave a speech for an hour. Ladies and gents, Roosevelt, we need to we need to get back. Mentality. We need to get back to uh, to those kind of characters, those kind of men. You know, I feel like you that's get definitely shot, lost. You get a speech, you're a leader. I mean, if I get shot, I'm probably not giving a speech. I'm just going to be <laughs> going to be realistic here. But yeah, it's a it's a very uh, very high bar that he set. Uh, why he's, he's one of the most influential people in my life, brother. I love it. Mm. He embodies the American dream. He embodies what it's like to be a man of the people. And, um, yeah, you definitely opened my eyes to learn more about him. Jesus yeah, Christ. I can't, I can't believe he got shot. You know, speech. That is, that's impressive. Oh yeah. oh yeah. Survived an assassination tip and just brushed it off. Such a savage brother. So, uh, I know you've been in the Marines, what going on four years now, right? Almost four years. Yeah. November 18th will be my four year mark. And, and you started after you graduated from Baylor. Yep. Right. Yep. Reported to officer candidate school, September 10th, 2016, which is crazy thing. And now it's, it's been four years. Yeah, I remember it like it was yesterday. You were in uh, Quantico, right? Yep. Out in Virginia? Yep. I still remember the uh, the going away party at uh, at the Wolf Fortress. I think is what y'all were calling it at that time uh, in Waco. Like, I think uh, Hon- well, uh, Hondo, Hondo was, was there. If it was in Waco, it would be Lone Star Mansion. Lone Star Mansion, that's what it was, yeah. You know, I love my nicknames for establishments. Of course. Yeah. Still, still remember it like it was yesterday. Yeah, we had a great time that night. That was the night. That was the same night you and Cusack had a little rumble, right? Uh, no. Uh, you're thinking of Hondo. When, oh. When me and Andrew. Me and Andrew. Hondo, if you're listening, I love you. Uh, we... We, I was sauced up, and Hondo was on another plane of being drunk. He was like, "Well, we were we were having a good time." Yeah, a couple but, guys, legal age, you know, all having a good time. He wanted the box, and 
Andrew is, is he's left-handed, and we only had one pair of boxing gloves. And so it worked out perfect. Andrew's left-handed. I'm, in the morning. I'm right-handed. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, I had no business boxing with Andrew. That was – he was way you – know, like I said, he was, on another, he was on another plane of existence in terms of how drunk he was. But uh, yeah, we were we were having a good time. Uh, you know, a little he was a little sleepy. Um, just a good night. But what do you expect? The, the boys are getting together. The boys are celebrating. The boys are gonna get a little rowdy. It's the way it goes. Yep. It happens. We're not doing anything wrong. No, no, nothing no. wrong. Those nights, not. it's like you know, it ends up being like three in the morning, and you don't want. You don't want the night to end because you're just hanging out with your buddies, you know. Always so you're, you're like, you look at the clock and you're like, "Fuck, is it really three thirty? Is it four in the morning?" And then you start getting the crazy idea that usually came from like you, of like, "Oh, let's just stay up for another two hours. We can go get like donuts or kolaches or some shit." And you're just like, "Jesus, Pete, <laughs> selling it." Like, "Oh, let's hey, Dairy Queen opens at seven a.m. Let's." <laughs> You know. Let's go get some greasy cheeseburgers to kick off the day. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, brother. You know, that's something that's been with me throughout my entire life. When I'm with when I'm with the people that make me the happiest, and I know that the, the moment that we're sharing is the moment that is something that I'm always going to look back on and be like, damn, we had, a, we had an amazing night that night. That night was one for the books. Those are the nights where I'm just like, boys, we're not, we're not going to sleep. Figure it out. <laughs> Figure it out. We're not letting the, we're not letting the good shit come to an end. And you know, the, uh, the older I get, the more, you know, I used to get like, I used to get kind of pissed off because I'd be like, Pete, like, fuck you. I'm going to sleep. You know, yep. the older got I get. Little, got a little intense with me at times. Oh Yeah. The older I get, I'm just like, man, I wish I would have, you know, stayed up and you know an extra thirty minutes here, an extra forty minutes here. Although sometimes it did just involve, you know, us sitting on the couch, just me and you watching some crazy YouTube video. Yeah, classic. Just, you know, when YouTube goes from like video to video, and you end up on something that you didn't even start on. Yeah, the there's a lot of corners of YouTube that you can get sucked into. And uh, it'd be like four in the morning and we started watching like, I don't know, LeBron James highlights. And we ended up on, you know, you know, why cats in Egypt had a secret connection with aliens and <laughs> can actually like hear your, you know, just crazy, stupid conspiracy shit. Like oh, that. yeah. And we're just like, Jesus, like, what are we watching right now? Hey, I got to give it to YouTube, though. I'm one of the biggest YouTube advocates. There's just so much information and entertainment and great stuff on YouTube. Oh, yeah. I like to call it YouTube University because I will honestly say that YouTube personally has enabled me to learn a lot more about specific things that I'm really interested in. And I've found a lot of channels that have enabled me to really dive into what I'm interested in. And the great thing about 
YouTube as opposed to a class is, you know, you, you can really learn from a variety of choices, a variety of people or channel hosts, no matter the topic. And, and, um, and you can learn about like the crazy shit that they don't talk about in school, which I think is, which I think is great. And which I think there's a lot of things I've learned on there that, that I didn't learn in school that I've utilized in my life. And that's worked out. A lot of stuff that just, it's broken down easier. It's, you know, explained quicker or, you know, easier for you to learn. Whereas, you know, something might've been a two, three day lesson. Hey brother, we're having some mic issues. Are you, is there anything by your computer? We good? Mic check, mic check. Can you hear me well? Oh yeah, loud and clear. Here, you're a little staticky, brother. What about now? Still static. Do you have your computer sitting on anything? You? Nope, I'm sitting on my bed. Hmm. Hello. It's still doing it, brother. Is my voice static? And we're back, ladies and gents. We just had to take a quick breather, but we're back in action. Brother, we were talking about YouTube University. Who's some of your favorite YouTube channels? You don't, if you don't mind me asking. Sure. Uh, let me think. Or if you, got, if you got at least one. There, there's a couple that I really like. There's one called, I think it's the Armchair Historian. Yeah, the Armchair Historian. He's this real nerdy guy. Um, and he just basically breaks down, you know, battles, you know, history, um, you know, things that have happened throughout time in a very simple and kind of infographic way to kind of digest it all. So you can kind of see, you know, movement of troops and kind of like, I don't know, he just provides little like tidbits of history. I really like him. It's called the, uh, the ar armchair of history. Armchair historian. Is I believe armchair historian. He, he's great. Um, he actually did a history on the battle of Okinawa. So if you want to go check Go check that out after this. I think it's only like 12 minutes. Um, but yeah, he, he, he helps you kind of digest, especially major events in history, especially battles. Just so, you know, if, if someone asks yeah. you, hey, like, what was the Iran-Iraq war fought over? You know, you're not just sitting there like, I didn't never know that Iran and Iraq went to war back in the 80s. You know, and right. you're able to kind of, you know, confidently talk through like, oh, it's this, 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 and this. So, armchair historian, uh, really great guy, great videos. Um, you know, provides a lot of. There's another one called uh, Good Mythical Morning. It has nothing to do with history. I don't know if you've heard I like of that. The name. No, Good I Mythical haven't. Morning. Yeah, look them up. There's these two two total geeks. Um, they've been best friends since they were like young. Uh, they grew up in North Carolina. They moved out to LA. They have like millions of subscribers. But basically, they just have... Hopefully they didn't give us a... What's that? Hopefully they didn't give us a few. Oh, yeah. They, uh, they, they're just they a variety show. They, they, have, they have anything from, like, you know, they're, they're, com you know, they're comedy. They're, they just make funny videos. And if I'm ever trying to laugh, um, sometimes I'll put them on in the morning on the, like, drive to work, you know, 
it's kind of like they kind of do things in like a podcast type, you know, obviously they're being filmed, but they're just sitting in front of a mic, them too. Um, I encourage you to check Love them that. out. It'll brighten your day. Um, but yeah, they're, just, the day. They're, they're funny. You can tell that they've been friends for a long time. And uh, yeah, it's definitely probably, probably my favorite uh, YouTube channel. Good Mythical it Morning. The Mythical Morning. Good. I'm going to check them. Mythical. Check them out. Yeah, Mythical. Just type in GMM and I think they'll come up. GMM, folks. Second best uh, YouTube channel on YouTube. Yep. First Peter Ham Network. The Global Ham Network, whatever. Peter Ham. Ham Planet. Planet. Ham Supernova Exploding. Explosion. Soaring, soaring through the galaxy of good vibes. Ham universe. Ooh, I'm gonna trademark I like that. that. Once you once you get big, you're like, I'm gonna, you know what? We're gonna expand it. Ham universe, and then you're gonna look for a copyright, and I'm gonna have the fucking copyright from 2020. <laughs> well, luckily, luckily, you're my good friend, so we'll be able to work, uh, you know, a deal out, maybe under the table. Well, we'll see. All right, we'll play it by ear. Brother, um, I've always wanted to ask you this. What are some of the most valuable things that being a Marine has taught you? Um, the value of people. Honestly, I think it's the biggest thing. Um, you know, just now I just, you know, during a little break, I went, went and used the restroom and I shared a restroom with uh, actually two Marines that I've never met before. They're in another company. They're in headquarters and support company. Um, Never met them. They're enlisted. So I'm an officer. They're enlisted. So there's this kind of like, I guess, divide there. It's been there forever uh, between that. Um, but, you know, they left. They're moving out of the room. They left, you know, some food for me. They left a couple of cans of beer, you know, with a note, you know, saying like, oh, hey, yes. like, hey, like here, sir, you know, we're moving out. I want you to have this. Like, hope, hope your quarantine's okay. It just goes to show you that, you know, if you're in this organization for the right reasons, the people that you work with are really what get things done. Um, it's not, it's not even really the higher ups. It's not, um, it's, it's the guys on the ground that are, that are, you know, in the arena that are getting shit done that are working with one another long hours to ensure that the mission's accomplished. It, it comes down to literally just people. And it's why, you know, I think the Marine Corps is, is such a unique branch is that the people that are in the Marine Corps are all similar. And the fact that, you know, there's, there's one mission and they want to accomplish that mission and, you know, they'll do whatever it takes to, to work with one another to get that mission accomplished. So. And it's a damn good thing to be surrounded by people with that mindset and people, people who share a similar ambition as you do. I mean, it's like a, it's kind of like a high, you know, it's because it's, it's an amazing feeling when you know that you're on the same page as someone else. And, um, you know, I, I'm happy to say that I've felt that feeling many of times, whether that's through my rugby teammates you know, on all levels, really, high school level. You know, I definitely had that camaraderie with my team. At Baylor, I had that camaraderie. 
And, you know, in business today, I've got that camaraderie with a lot of people I work with. But as a Marine, it's, it's different. It's next level. And it's, a it's one of those things, it's, especially if you've ever been a part of a team, you know, high school, college, whatever. Uh, definitely for rugby. You know, if they would have asked me after my senior year, you know, hey, you want to stay around for another year and keep playing? Yes. And then the following year, you know, I'd re-up oh, no again until, until my bones are broken, you know. And if you knew me in college, you knew that when I joined the Marine Corps, you know, it was kind of out of the blue. And oh yeah, I, uh, I had only initially planned on doing four years and getting out. Uh, and, you know, just when it came, came time for me to decide whether or not I was going to sign this next contract or not um, and stay in for another four or get out, uh, you know, I just couldn't see myself leaving this group of people. Like there's no, no matter what job you go to, there's, there's no other job quite like it in the world where everyone has a singular mindset and is all motivated by the same kind of, kind of motivation deep down ingrained inside of them, um, which, is, which is pretty cool. Uh, I mean, eventually I'm going to get out. I think I'll probably do eight because after that you start becoming a staff officer. So you become major, lieutenant colonel. You kind of get away from the troops on the ground. Um, you know, you're kind of stuck yeah, in your office. more oversight. Yeah, you're you know, supervising. You're, you're not really with the dudes on the ground as much. So once I reach that level, that's definitely going to be the, the end for me. But, uh, yeah, I'd say people's one thing I've learned is if you don't, any great leader needs to understand that if you don't foster that, that respect, that mutual respect between yourself and, and your subordinates, and if you're not, you know, hundred percent willing to, to lay your life down or, you know, forego profits for them to be, you know, successful, happy, safe with their family and their careers, then one, you're in it for the wrong reason. And two, you, your employees will smell that and they can smell out bullshit. And they can Absolutely. they understand they understand when you're bullshitting them they understand when you're lying they understand um, and they can see through your your act of you know you know being funny or you know laughing or whatever and they're not going to bat for it. they're not going to be productive um, but they understand that you're just using them and at that point you've lost them and you know you'll lose Damn your business it's yeah it's done yeah. at that point so. Um, I think that's probably the biggest thing I've learned is without your people, you can't go anywhere. You know, there's, there's, a, there's a saying in the Marine Corps, uh, it's called mission first, people always, or Marines always. And I think I like that's, that. I think in, in any business, that should be it. It's, yeah, the mission takes priority. And as Marines, you understand, or, you know, Army, Air Force, Navy, whoever, Coast Guard, that you may, you know, lose people to, you know, injury, you may, you know, lose people to actually getting killed in combat um, and that the mission takes priority overall, but it should always be with the people you're working with. Because if you, if you end up accomplishing the mission and you're, you're standing on top of that hilltop with your flag planted and there's no one left to the, you know, to the left and right of you, then what have you really accomplished at that point? You've accomplished nothing. So um, that's, exactly that's right. I, think the, I think that's the biggest thing that the Marine Corps has taught me. You know, the sense of brotherhood is something that has really shaped and molded me into who I am. And honestly, I'm envious at times of that you still have that, you know, strong brotherhood community around you. 
24-7, honestly. And it's something that is a beautiful thing. And it's something that can make great things possible. Brother, and not too late to join. How old are you? 25? I'm, tw- I'm 25, brother. Not too late to join. Brother. I, I think about it all the time. My good friend, now Captain Herman, old Kenny. Uh, you actually met Kenny, I think. Big, tall, bald dude. Oh, Kenny's my boy. I love Kenny. Yeah, he uh, he didn't join until he was 27, 28, maybe. He just picked up Captain. Um, been in for a little over four years. But yeah, he's 32 now. Hell yeah. Never too late, but definitely if you do join, it, it, consumes, it consumes your life. So if you have any other sort of aspirations, I, I, would, I wouldn't. Uh, you know, unless you have someone on the outside that's, you know, working for you or doing whatever. But, I mean, just because you're in the Marine Corps doesn't mean you can't have a separate business. My company commander, Captain Poe, he, uh, yeah. he, has, his own, um, he has his own business. You know, he's, he's a company commander of the Marine Corps but he also owns and manages properties around the United States. Um, and he's, Love that. he's, he's working within, you know, a couple of his friends inside of a LLC and they have their own company and he gets profit from that. And he knows that, Hey, as soon as he retires, um, he's already set up and already has cash flow in. So um, it's not impossible to do other things, but you know, it, it does take a, you know, a majority of your life, I would say. I, I can definitely see that and for good reason. For good reason. Brother, brother. Give it a shot, man. So brother, we'll see how it goes. Experience. Brother, I definitely I I think about it all the time. You know that when I when I went to uh, Culver, I absolutely loved it. I love I love the military system. I love I loved what it did to me as a person. It it took me from being a piece of shit to a man and a leader and someone who's motivated to do good things in this world. And that's really where it came to life was at Culver and the military system there, the discipline it taught me, the, the camaraderie, the, teamwork, the, the obstacles, you know, I, we, we had to overcome, I mean, obstacles are nowhere near similar to, to the obstacles you go through, but no, know, sure a, lot of, a lot of kids at Culver, you know, it was tough for them at times because, you know, you're 14 and, you know, you're in a completely different state. And a lot of hormones going through your body. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll always be a big advocate for the military system. And, you know, I definitely it's, – it's still in the cards, brother. But right now, going to keep building the business and see where this podcast takes us. Hey, straight, straight to the top. Straight to the top. Straight to the moon. Here. Ham Planet. They're gonna rename. Earth. They're gonna rename Earth Ham Planet. That'd be, that'd be intense. That'd be intense. But I'd love that. You know, I would. You get you get royalties anytime someone says Ham Planet. Anytime NASA, 
NASA mentions the Earth, you get royalty. Oh, I'd be all for that. I could use some royalties. That'd be great. Yeah, that would be great. Well, brother, I think I think it's time for one of my favorite parts of the Ham Planet podcast, and that is the good old Would You Rathers. Here we go. Uh, as far as I'm aware, you're a big fan of Would You Rathers. I, I absolutely correct? love them. I love them. Drunk, sober, probably preferably drunk because you get some real honest. Well, go grab me a whiskey. You got any whiskey or you got any sake? Not technically not allowed to drink right now in quarantine. So on the record, not drinking, but uh, yep. there you go. That's my official statement. Roger that. Understood. All right. Without further ado, we shall hop right into it. Brother, just a heads up. These questions may get a little weird. They may get a little insane. Make it a little goofy. They may get a little deep. But there's mm. one damn rule. And that damn rule is that you got to answer the question. Got to do it. And, and there's going to be some amb- ambiguity. But, you know, it's up to your interpretation. Okay. Roger? Yeah. Roger. Let's get right into it. Would you rather swim 300 meters through dog shit or dead bodies? Ooh, that one's dark. Hmm. I'll just pull these from (laughs) wherever I can. Swim through it. So dog shit can have a consistency of allowing you to swim. Right? Probably an easier swim. If it's only dead, if it's dead bodies floating in water, that makes it a lot easier. I would choose dead bodies in water. But it's up for interpretation, brother. If it's literally just dead bodies, you're not really swimming. You're just clawing your way. Yeah. So with that interpretation, Without knowing if there's actually water with the dead bodies, I'll 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 go with the dog shit. Yep, I'm with you on that one. Um, definitely would be with you on that one. Because with the the dead bodies, I guess if there was water, if they're floating. You could go underwater, could swim, you know, 40, 50 meters, come up, take a deep breath, go back underwater. Yep. But yeah, God, we'll, we'll that, one, with- that, that was that was an intense one coming out of the gates. But oh, I, wow. agree. I, I, was, I do the I do the dog shit too. That was kind of fucked up. Where's the Would you rather Margot Robbie or uh, Mila Kunis? <laughs> well, let's get you know. This show is all about positive vibes. Okay, I feel like that's a and, pretty positive question. Eh, here's a positive one for you. Okay, would you rather be the funniest person in the room or the most intelligent person in the room? Hmm. I don't know if I'd want to be the smartest person in the room. But I don't want to be funny just because I chose, you know, to be funny. I want to be funny on my own merits. So I'm going to go with the smartest person in the room. With the caveat that my intelligence... Well, that my intelligence level would increase. You know, not the caveat that Every time I walk into the room, everyone's IQ is lower than mine. You know, I hear you. Because I, I would okay. hate to be the 
I hate to be the smartest person on this planet because all these cool innovations, Tesla, all this stuff would just be, <laughs> it'd be stopped right there. No more te- yeah. technological innovation. Oh, brother. Well, good answer. What about you? We got. Oh, you don't answer? Um, oh, no, okay. no, yeah, 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 I answer. I will, um, huh. Yeah, I'll take the most, I'll take the most intelligent. Because you're, you're already the funniest guy in the room. Well, I try to be. I mean, I don't know if I try to be, but I do funny shit. Oh, okay. And yeah, most intelligent. I think I'm a smart guy, but definitely not the smartest guy I know. Yeah. So I'm going with intelligence. We'll t- we'll we'll pump those numbers up. All right, two for two. Two for two. Moving moving right along. All right, brother. Would you rather win fifty thousand dollars or your or let your best friend win five hundred thousand dollars. Oh, you win five hundred thousand because I'm seeing at least fifty thousand of that. Easy. Oh yeah. And all I of that, I feel like I feel one. like five hundred thousand for you would jumpstart your your career so much. You turn that five hundred thousand into five hundred million. I have no doubts. So there's no you know fifty thousand. You know, I appreciate it, brother. I think I went too. That's nothing nowadays. So. Yeah, that's a. Uh, These have been easy, Petey. These have been easy. Yeah, let's let's see if we can get something more intense. Okay, <laughs> here's a good one. Would you rather be able to talk your way out of any situation in life, any situation, or punch your way out of any situation? <laughs> um, I don't see too many situations where I need to punch myself out of. I I do talk. Yeah. I think there's I think there's something to be said about having a silver tongue and being able to, you know, kind of swindle your way, you know, in a, in a good way. Yeah. Uh, through yeah, situations, but, uh, but yeah, punch silver, your way is kind of kind of funny. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that would choose punch your way out it's of just, a situation. It's funny to think about because if it's any situation, think of the most mundane <laughs> situation. Like you go to the grocery store. And the the it costs twenty two dollars and and thirty cents, and you only have twenty two dollars. Like, could you punch yourself out of that situation? You just start punching people, and it's the problem solved. Punch the cash, punch the uh, the scan and go grocery checkout thing, and walk on out, right? Yep, something like that. Um, what do we got? Okay. Huh. What? Oh. Hmm. Oh, this is a good one. This one's kind of easy for me, but it's interesting. Would you rather be able to speak all languages or be able to speak to all animals? Animals. Oh, there's, hell there's, yeah. There's people out there that can speak like 10, 15 languages. And it's not yeah. like you can – it's not one of those things where you can be in every country at once. You know, you're still limited by ability to reach that country, you know, so on and right. so forth. Although, 
if you could speak all languages, you would kind of, you could transcend into this, you know, kind of international person that everyone knows about. You could use that to, but yeah, that, that one's too easy. Animals never been talked to before. Animals least, all day. Yeah, it's it's got to be the animals. I would love to sit down and, you know, have a nice whiskey with Rocky, and just talk to them. Tell you talk to them about how they doing. All the fucked up shit he's seen you do. Oh, brother. He's a good dog. He's lived a good life. And he continues to live a good life. He just turned four not too long ago. Boy, that's 28. Wait, nope. Yeah, he's 28. 28. Wow. 28. 28 in dog years. Wow, he's getting up there. He's, he's about our age. Yeah. All right, brother. Let's get let's get one more one more good would you rather. Um Okay, this is a good one. Lieutenant Asbury, would you rather rule the world or live in a world with absolutely no problems at all? Oh, rule the world. I think yeah. I think what makes us human, what makes life worth living is uh, is problems, is having to find you know solutions to those problems. And if if there's no problems, that's that's what you call heaven, right? And and earth isn't supposed to be heaven. We're supposed to, you know, live godly lives. But Getting rid of all sin, getting rid of all problem, that's not what Earth is for. Now, the, t- the flip side of that is the whole ruling the world thing. You know, I wouldn't be some sort of, you know, dictator, you know, one world order sort of thing. But I, think it's, better, I think it's better than the alternative of, of ridding the world of what makes the world, you know, our home. You know, what makes it so unique. The human experience, which is, you know, working with one another to, you know, fix things, help Help shit out. Couldn't agree more. And honestly, would have, would have chose the exact same thing. Um, what's that? What's that uh, book called? Brave New World. I think that's. It talks about a society, utopian society that has no problems, and people can basically program their mind. It's. It's pretty messed up, and I don't yep. want that. I don't know. So, I'd, I would definitely rule the world too, and I'd be a damn good leader. Oh yeah, at least I like to think so. <laughs> Six sunglasses and fanny packs and, and protein shakes for everyone. I, I would agree. I would agree, Petey. Oh brother. Well, brother, how you feeling? Feeling good. good? Yeah. How many how many brothers have we said in this podcast? Seventy-seven. Seventy-seven. We're gonna have to go back in. Brother, 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 brother. We gotta we gotta whoa, 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 whoa. Hold hold maybe, pump the brakes, brother. Maybe you just call this brother radio network or brother podcast. I don't know. Brother planet. <laughs> <laughs> Brother, this is a planet of brothers and sisters, and 
Planet of Ham. Five tribe. A, pl- a planet of happy people. I was going to say happy hams, but, you know, there's some other great last names out there. There's some great Asbury's out in the world. There are. Great. There's a great, uh, great, uh, great, a lot of people in, out in the world. I simply put. Couldn't agree more. You love to see it. Well, brother, had a hell of a time today. I think we, uh, I think we crushed it. This is podcast episode number two. So you're a part of history. Love it. And, you know, I'm happy that we really got to dive into a lot of the things that have provided value to your life, made you the man that you are. And I think you're a damn good man. And I'm happy that I'm able to, to share all your perspective and value with hopefully a lot of listeners. And, uh, it's a great, it's a great thing being able to talk about Roddy tree and the Marines and how we go back. And, you know, we got many good times ahead of us, brother. I agree. No I think, doubt. I think no the, doubt most, about the most important thing of this is five, 10 years from now, we'll be able to go back, listen to this podcast. So future Pete, future Cody, you're listening. How the hell are you? Hope you're doing all right. We'll be able Peter, to you better of- be doing good. <laughs> you better be. So Cody, think, you better be you better be crushing it. Yeah. So this captures a little moment in time that you know we'll we'll have forever, which is uh it's pretty special. Yeah, you know the uh, Romans they used to they used to you know write ancient stories on the 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 uh skin of lambs and that's how they would document their good times and good stories and have them last for the rest of history i think there's a word for the lamb skin paper learned at baylor completely forgot um but Wait, you need to, you need to have a video have privilege <laughs> yeah we have the privilege of not doing it on lamb skin and doing it through this incredible invention called the internet. Hell of a thing. Great thing. Well, brother Cody, I think um, you got any final words? You got any sit? You got any any positive vibes or any words of wisdom you want to send off the Ham Planet spaceship with? I would say, uh, to quote the late, great Christopher Ham, who was on. Oh, I know that guy. Uh, just have a good attitude, gas it up. Um, not everyone's out to get you. All right. So put on those rose colored glasses, help people out. Be kind to someone today, you know, give someone a compliment. You know, a little thing can go a long way. Amen to that, brother. That's what that's what this podcast is all about. It's all about spreading the good vibes. It's all about spreading the good news. It's all about sitting down and shooting the breeze with really special people. And there's so many 
special, incredible people in this world. And luckily, I'm proud to say that I'm friends with a few of them. And I look forward to having them on the podcast. Well, I guess it's about that time, ladies and gents. We have had a blast hanging out with you today. Hanging out with Luther and Asbury, the Marine Corps' finest. And um, we look forward to many more great podcasts to come. And I'm sure we'll get Cody back on the Hand Planet podcast. I'll have my people call your people. And we'll see if we can make it happen. But, ladies and gents, thank you so much for tuning in today. As always, if you loved what you heard today, or even if you just kind of liked it, or if you heard at least one thing that provided value to you, do us a favor. Share the shit out of this. Send it to your mom. Send it to your dad. Send it to your grandparents. Send it to your best friend. Send it to whoever needs some good vibes in their life. Which, in my opinion, you can never overdose on the good vibes. Without further ado, I guess we'll close the curtains. And, ladies and gents, as always, keep it positive, and we shall see you soon. Cheers.